Tennessee Wildcast is live on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. We're glad y'all are tuning in. Hey, we're live on Facebook today. And uh, excited about today's show, we've got uh, Miss Andrea White from the American Canoe Association with us today, and that should be uh, it's going to be a fun topic. And also have Miss Betsy Woods; she's our uh, boating education coordinator for the state of Tennessee for Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency. And uh, just wanted to, before we get started, hit on a few things. Facebook, we're out there on Facebook. Thanks for watching live, and also we're going to highlight, like I said, the American Canoe Association and their on Facebook at ACA Tennessee. So uh, check them out. Um, just recently launched Nextdoor. Uh, Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency is on Nextdoor. So go out and subscribe to us there. Become a, a, a follower on Nextdoor and we'll get you all the information of events and latest information on your area and try to make it area specific and keep you all up to date. Um, Twitter. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Keep following us out there and we appreciate you all tuning in there and checking out all our content. YouTube, watch this show on YouTube, and don't forget the most important place, tnwildlife.org. And then you can buy licenses, you can check out everything, Tennessee Wildlife Resources AC right there. So uh, let's pan out and show our guest and introduce everybody, uh, Miss Andrea White. Hello, and hello. Miss Betsy Woods, and we appreciate you, you all doing? being here. Doing good, doing good. I'm excited about today's show, uh, something I would like to do more of is get out there and paddle around and, and we're going to be talking about paddle craft today and safety and and all kinds of good stuff but first I want to introduce everybody and get to know everybody so let's start with Andrea and let's learn about you how'd you oh, get into you. paddling and and being a part of the ACA yeah, absolutely. You know, the weather like this this week just has everybody jonesing to get out on the water, doesn't it? Exactly. Um, I grew up in Middle Tennessee. I'm a local girl, uh, and my daddy took me out in his canoe, and that's how I got started. And I tell you what, it was not my favorite thing to do. <laughs> I was the little kid, the little three, four-year-old in the middle of the boat without a paddle, no control on this moving water that I didn't understand, and it scared me, and, uh -huh. and, and it just wasn't my thing, I'll tell you. But here later in life, I don't know what happened. It... it, uh, it it called to me. Mm -hmm. It was a thing that, that became my passion and has become part of my identity and what I do. Um, I've paddled the class one rivers like we have in middle Tennessee, lakes and open water. I've dabbled in some oceans when I've been on vacation. I've done a good bit of whitewater in East Tennessee, North Carolina. Um, but, but really my passion is on the class one rivers. I like a little bit of bounce without being afraid. Yeah. <laughs> not too dangerous. I, I think that's where I would kind of fall, you know, have, having fun, but not being too crazy. But I just love getting new people into the sport. So thank you for having me here so we can get some information out there. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, Betsy, real quick, tell us about yourself. How long have you been with the agency now? Well, if you count the years I was on contract, I'm coming up on 25 years. So, okay, awesome. Yeah. So tell, tell the folks what you do for the agency. What's your okay. main role? Well, I'm the boating education coordinator. So I run the whole um, boating education certification program across the state. And okay. I also do a lot of boating safety outreach. I run the Wear at Tennessee program where we educate people about um, use of life jackets mm -hmm. and wearing them and how important that is. And sometimes we give life jackets away if they promise they'll wear them. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, a pretty cool, pretty yeah. cool deal. So if you see a, a wear it boat out on the water, stop them and say hi. Wave maybe. us down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'd love to talk to you. <laughs> oh, Free yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk more about that program. We'll, we'll elaborate a little bit here in just a minute on that. So, um, so Andrew, tell, uh, tell us about, um, 
how long you've been with ACA and 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 what kind of training and certifications that they do and, and that sure kind of thing. well the American Canoe Association is a national organization it's the national accrediting organization for all the paddling instructors so that okay. that includes canoe and kayak and sup uh, it has what's the, sup the stand up paddleboards okay all right yep. there we go and it and and it includes the paddling skills as well as water safety and rescue training so it's everybody from the most casual paddler all the way up to first responder training. Um, we, I am a, a level two instructor, which means I can instruct on class one rivers like okay. we have here in middle Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really just nationally, it's the gold standard in paddling curriculum. Uh, we are so lucky, Tennessee, we just are blessed with good water. You know, we've got every kind of good water. Mm-hmm. Uh, about the only thing we're missing is ocean, but my goodness, we've got everything else. And so many states that don't, <laughs> but that means that we have, are, have become very blessed with enthusiasts that have really embraced their sport and embrace the curriculum and becoming instructors and training new paddlers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got people all across the state that just love this sport and would love to help you get into it. Well, I want to jump out, jump over to the to the website real quick if I can and show show the folks at home um, what the ACA ACA's uh, website looks like. Um, but as far as for Tennessee information. Uh, check out your Facebook page, right? ACA yeah, that's really our Facebook. home base is ACA Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll answer any questions you've got. We'll hook you up with resources. Yeah. Um, there, there are five uh, Paddle America clubs across the state. Tennessee Scenic Rivers Association is the one I came up through here in mm-hmm. Middle Tennessee. In West Tennessee, you've got the Bluff City Canoe Club. In Knoxville, you've got the Chota Canoe Club. In Chattanooga, you've got the Tennessee Valley Canoe Club. And in Upper East, East Tennessee, it's the Appalachian Paddling Enthusiast. Those, okay. Those river apes. And, and they do an amazing job all across the state of bringing folks into the sport. And we would love to take you on a paddle trip or put you in a class. Hey, that would be fun. I could get into that. Yeah. Uh, well, while we're talking about those groups, let's, let's, let's uh, jump to the, the training that they do and they offer and they help with. But then also how to, how to get involved with those groups. And then we'll come back to some of the other stuff. But I know... TSRAs helped with BOW quite a bit too. Our becoming that was warming program. And yeah, we've partnered with you guys for years on that. Um, we've got some some key instructors that just really believe passionately in that program. Um, so so it's a good partnership. But we train everybody. The clubs uh, and the ACA instructors across the state. This state they really train everybody from the most casual paddler all the way up to first responders. Mm-hmm. Um, so if what you want to do is get out on a lake and just be a casual paddler and just be safe enough to know how to climb back in your boat in the middle of the lake. You know, that's yeah. a good skill to have. That's a, that's the, yeah, you need that because you're gonna you're gonna dump it. That's for sure. Or we call that the basic safety orientation seminar. Yeah. Okay. It's, there you go. It's, it's it's a really good skill to have, and I'll tell basic. you what. Yeah. If I've got a double hip replacement, you know, I'm not the fittest mm. cat in the in, on the block, but but if I can teach you how to climb back in your boat in the middle of the lake, there's no excuse for people not knowing how. Exactly. <laughs> you could probably show me a few things or two. So it's but it goes all the way up. You know, we've got an entry level rescue class we do in Middle Tennessee for entry level boaters that are just casual boaters. Uh, but then you can go to East Tennessee and you can get swift water rescue. So that if you're gonna gonna do the Hiawassee or you're gonna do the Okoe or some some of the more advanced rivers, mm-hmm. um, then we've got the folks that can train you how to to spot and prepare for and deal with those water hazards so that you can do it safely and everybody comes home smiling and having a good time. Okay, cool. So and if you want to be a part of one of these these groups or want to find out who you can paddle with, reach out to those. Those organizations, right? Now, if you're doing something a little more casual, if you're not really ready to jump into the training or some of the, the big whitewater stuff, and you just want to kind of have some people to go out on the lake with, or maybe somebody to help you run shuttle on the Harpeth or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that, yeah. um, 
get on meetup.com or get on Facebook, you know, use the search word kayak. You've got in Middle Tennessee a group called Paddle Adventures Unlimited. Uh, that is a fabulous way to meet other paddlers and have people to help you share shuttle responsibilities. Cool. Yeah. Um, there's groups like that all across the state, and and I'm happy to point people in the right direction on ACA Tennessee. If you if you're in a particular part of the state and you can't find somebody to paddle with, let's get you on the water with friends so you'll be safe. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And you were mentioning uh, different class levels, the water levels. Can you explain those a little bit, and and then we'll transition to the life jackets that you need for those. Sure. Yeah. No. The there's there's a class rating system. It's an international rating system. Um, American Whitewater sort of looks over it for the for the U.S. Um, but the if you've got flat water, mm-hmm. you know, and that can be a little bit misleading because flat water can be still water, or it can be a lake that has a lot of wind in the center and is not flat at all. Right. <laughs> or a small current. Right. Yeah. So so you know there's there's the sort of the flat water, and then there's a level a, a class one river, and that would be sort of the entry to moving water to having current and and hazards that have to do with down trees and rocks and things that get in your way, and okay. we call them a strainer, where the water will go through but you won't. Some of my favorite waters to fish around and that's stuff exactly too. right that's some of my favorite that's where yeah. my heart is in the class one rivers mm-hmm. but what's important to know about the class rating system for the rivers is that it's not a gradual in- in- increase okay it's on a logarithmic scale so class two is 10 times harder than class one and class three is 10 times harder than class two wow. <laughs> so they talk about on a class two river if it's enough water to capsize an open boat then you probably needed some different gear. You may need what we call a skirt, a neoprene skirt with a bungee that would, would actually connect you to your boat and keep the water from capsizing your boat. Okay. Right? Right. Uh, in class three and four, they wouldn't think of doing that without a skirt. Um, so it's you may have some different equipment needs and different safety training needs depending on the level that you're going to paddle. Okay. Um, there, some of my favorite people love their rivers on a tilt. <laughs> they they want to be in the mountains. They yeah. want they, they want some white water sliding off those uh, but, waterfalls and but all kinds I'm, of crazy I'm, stuff. I'm telling you that that's for a serious level of boater. You need a little training. You need a good crew to take care of you. Mm-hmm. I hope there's some friends around to make sure if something bad goes wrong or you know. It, it, that's I like boating with my folks because mm-hmm. I know they've got my back and they'll take care of me and that they have maintained their training and you know if I need somebody to throw me a throw rope or if somebody's going to have to to help me with an equipment failure you know they yeah. know how to do it right well Betsy can you elaborate on on the different types of life jackets that you would need on these different types of waters okay okay well you have the inherent Inherent life jackets, okay. which are like these. Those are uh, similar are. to what some fishermen would wear, and and kayakers could wear those. Who yeah, all could wear this time? Anybody can wear one of okay. these. Anybody can, and and they will um they'll keep you afloat. That's the main thing. They'll keep you afloat. They might mm-hmm. not keep you face up, but they will keep you from sinking, and they'll help you in cold water as well. You also have the inflatable life jackets. You have a manual inflatable, up to um, hydrostatic and automatic inflatables. Those are not recommended for whitewater paddling okay. or um, towing sports on other boats and stuff. They do require maintenance. They're not approved for anybody younger than 16 years old. Okay. And, um, you know, especially if you have a manual inflatable, you got to think if you're unexpectedly put in that water, you got to think that you got to pull that cord. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're disoriented, you might not be thinking very yeah, I don't, I don't know a lot of people fall out of their boat on purpose. Right. No, I don't either. Yeah. Unless it's getting really hot, right? <laughs> That's right. So, so so if you're a fisherman, those inflatables work well. If you're a tournament fisherman, maybe think about the automatic inflatables because if you're running up the water and 
liable to hit something trying to get to these fishing holes. Yeah. It, it's, the automatics uh, are probably better for you. Yeah, it, it's personal preference, really, but as long as you're wearing something that you're comfortable in, it feels good on you, because there are tons of different life jackets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just I would just, I, like. for, for our Facebook audience here, I will hold up. This is my life jacket of choice that I wear when I go on the water. I wore, wore this Sunday. Okay. Um, this is actually an over-the-head life jacket, but you'll see it's got an incredibly low profile here, so I have all kinds of range of motion for my arms. Right. Got my Coast Guard-approved whistle. You gotta have a sounding device on a kayak so that you can be heard a half mile away. Okay, I was curious about that. The horns would work too, the or horns the whistle would work too. Yep. Um, this is the life jacket that I wore when I started boating. Okay. And you'll see, this is just a, a normal, typical fishing recreation life jacket, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's different because it's got that mesh in the back that keep, makes it cooler. Um, for a lot of the recreational kayaks and fishing kayaks, the seat may come up and it, it makes it more comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I will point out on the one that I wear. I like this one. It, it looks like it would be a great, be well, you'll comfortable. See, you'll see there's a difference in the padding up top. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that this is actually a unisex life jacket. There are a lot of, of life jackets made specifically for women uh, that are cut differently. The padding is cut differently. I mean, it, there's just so many variations. It's really, really important. Find one that is comfortable. The fact Saying a life jacket's not comfortable is not, not the end of the conversation. Find one that's comfortable. Find right. one you really will wear. Yeah. And, and uh they may be expensive, but what's what's it worth to you? You know, your life. It only worth has to save your more. life one yeah. time to be worth it. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> what would what would one of these the range cost on some of these? Oh gosh! Now see, now you're going to test me. A, a good life jacket can be anywhere from from fifty to two hundred fifty dollars, depending on what you're what you're getting it for. If okay. you're going to get a high end rescue vest for whitewater, that's going to be more expensive. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a nice middle range something I'm going to wear every day paddling. You can do something for fifty or sixty dollars. Yeah. Um. I I think this one was probably closer to eighty or a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. It's worth it to me to have one that's comfortable that I really will wear that I'm not going to second guess myself, and I'll just wear it every time I'm out there. Because I know it fits me. And then these must be Coast Guard approved, right? Correct. Okay. So if you're kayaking and all that, any type of boating or life jackets are required, they must be Coast Guard approved, correct? Yes. And every life jacket has a Coast Guard label on it. Okay. And if you read that label, it will tell you what it is approved for and what it is not approved for. So that's very important. Read the label. Yeah, read the label. Some of those they look stylish and comfortable, but they're not. They're not yeah. Coast Guard approved. Um, all right, well, let's jump on to lights real quick. I hate to spend too much time on all this, and we got a lot to talk about. But lights. What do you need on a, on a kayak or a canoe with paddlecraft for lights? Well, Betsy, we got I will, one to show. I'll, yeah, I will lean on you a little bit for any non-motorized watercraft. This is the recommended. It's a 360 degree white light with a suction cup. It's battery operated. It's water resistant. And you can put it on the stern of your boat. It's intended for other people to see you. Uh huh. Right. Having a headlamp is is all nice and, and well for you to see 10 feet in front of you but that doesn't necessarily help a big boat that's a long way away from seeing where you are <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so having this 360 degree white light mm-hmm. that that's the key thing if you're going to go on a nice sunset paddle or a full moon paddle this is a key piece of gear you've really got to have it okay. um now betsy now correct me if i'm wrong but at the point where you put a motor on some like some of these fishing kayaks where you put a motor on it i think the light regulation changes doesn't it it, it does uh once you put an electric motor or a gas motor or your motorized vessel so you have to register that watercraft with us you have to have the red and green side lights and the all-round white light okay and um and it's like you said just these are not intended for you to see where you're going. It's intended for other people to see you. Yeah. And you got to understand if you're in a larger boat, those kayaks are so low to the water, they're very, very hard to spot sometimes. And if it's nighttime, 
you know, you might not see them until you're right up on them. Yeah. Well, and technically, I think according to the way the reg is written, just having any white like flashlight would meet the regulation. It's not like you're out of accordance with the law. But this is what's recommended for your safety. Right. Correct. Uh, 360, being able to see it from all directions, that's important. What do you call it, an electric lantern? That's what, they, that's what it says in the Coast Guard regs. Okay, yes. yeah. Electric so torch, actually. Electric torch, that's yes. it. <laughs> so make sure you get that electric torch or some type of 360 light that everybody can see, uh, especially out there. Yeah, you just want people to see you. Afternoon, night paddling, and that kind of thing. Absolutely. Okay, oh, and then the wear program, uh, real quick, if you want to uh, try to find that boat, it's going to be around Middle Tennessee most of the year, but maybe out in Knoxville some. Del Hollow is going to try to be out there at Del Hollow. Del Hollow, um, well, you go up to Knoxville and Fort Loudon at least once a year. Go to Tim's Ford a couple times a year. Sometimes we go to Kentucky Lake. Yeah. Um, yeah, just look for us. We're out every weekend. Trying to promote yeah. you know, life jacket wear and boating safety. Uh, on t- all types of boats, and, and uh, those guys are excited to talk to you and educate you. So. Yes, they are. Awesome. Some great interns that help us out with that. All right, well, let's move on to uh, some of the problems and things we might be seeing the officers are running into, not having life jackets or not wearing them when they're supposed to, and then let's jump into ramp and river etiquette. Yeah, most of our um, – you know, you can go and buy any kind of kayak anywhere. I saw Marshall's had some not too long ago. Marshall's <laughs> even. Huh? Yeah, the department store. Wow. And, um, and I've, asked, I've asked the clerk, do you have to have a life jacket on that? And they said, well, I don't know, it's recommended. And I'm going, well, that's the wrong answer. <laughs> we won't go there. But anyway, um, some people really just don't know. And, and we're trying nationally to do a better job about putting that kind of literature on each kayak that's sold that tells them what they need, but, but they don't. So most of the time, they don't know they need a life jacket. This is also true on stand-up paddle boards as well. Mm-hmm. And um, so a lot of it's an education thing. If you're 12 or younger, you have to be wearing that life jacket, just like if you were on a motorized boat. And, um, you know, if you wear them, especially this time of year in the cold water, you're going to be a whole lot better off. We want you to go home with your family at the end of the day. Right. Okay. You know, people don't think about it, but but the life jacket's not just about flotation. Flotation is clearly its number one job. Mm. But particularly this time of year when the water's cold, the air temperature is so nice that you really take it for granted. But the water is not warm. And if you fall out of your boat and you know, have that, that you know, inevitable out-of-boat experience, we don't, we don't like talking about those very often. But, yeah. but you have that out-of-boat experience, you're going to gasp. Um, you're going to have an involuntary reaction to that to that water temperature. Uh, and and it, that's not good. It only takes 10 or 15 minutes, and you can lose finger, lose the feeling in your fingers and your mm-hmm. outer digits. And that makes it real hard to take care of yourself and do whatever needs to come next. Yeah. That life jacket can make a huge difference in just maintaining your core body warmth. And in the worst possible scenario, it can make it, that can be an extra hour's worth of consciousness for you. Um, I mean, that's that makes a big difference. And, and just um, in the last five or six years, um, the, of the powdercraft fatalities that we've had in Tennessee, they um, they were all falls overboard, capsizing, and they were not wearing a life jacket. So those people would probably still be with us today had mm-hmm. they been wearing one. So it's actually true across the whole southeast. The number one common thread among among our paddling fatalities, and, and I hate talking about this, but right. the number one common thread is that it didn't have a life jacket on. Um, and and that's really more of our ca- our casual and entry level boaters that are taking the easy water for granted. That's not a trend we see on white water. That's a trend we see on the on class one rivers and then flat water and lakes and and the water that people take for granted. I think I can swim. These you know it's not it's not rough water. But those folks on the white water, they're like this is scary. I'm wearing my life jacket, so you're well, not seeing it. Here, so much. Here's the thing, folks. You know, water is literally a force of nature, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and it will win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, so let's jump on to, to ramp etiquette and river etiquette. Uh, if you're launching your canoe, your paddle craft, your, your, your uh, kayak and all that kind of stuff. So what's some tips on being polite on the, on the ramp starting off? Sure. Well, one of my favorite things about the river community, the, wa- the waterways of Tennessee, is that, that if anybody's in trouble, if anybody needs help, I mean, whatever that means, then everybody's going to help you. And that doesn't matter if you're a fisherman or a kayaker or a motorboat. If you need help, somebody's going to help you. And mm-hmm. that's one of the most amazing things about this community on our waterways. But what that means is that when you're not thinking about it, you still have to be neighborly. Mm-hmm. And being neighborly on the ramp means kind of staying out of people's way. Um, If you've got a big heavy fishing kayak, nobody begrudges you using that ramp and and coming down and loading and unloading, doing what you need to do. But, you know, have your equipment organized. Be ready to get on the water. Mm -hmm. And if you've got a kayak that you can throw over your shoulder and you can just kind of put off to the side and not need to balk the ramp, then do that. You know, maybe even put on over to the side of the ramp um, and and just leave that room for the folks that need the ramp. Um, It's the four-way stop. Of the intersect, you know, intersection okay. of our waterways. Yeah. So, so don't dilly dally. That's one way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> and we we teach stop well away from the ramp when you first get there, and then transfer all your gear to your boat. Prep everything. Yeah, yeah. You get it all prepped. Then go on and launch it and get out of there. And same when you're pulling your boat out of the water, go on and get it up on the trailer if you have to. Pull away from the boat ramp and then prepare to go home. Yeah. Yeah. When when I'm teaching classes, I, I rarely use the ramp if I can avoid it. I teach people to, to put into the side. Yeah. Uh, and and let the people. That need the ramp, use the ramp. Prepare. You could even prepare at home. Everything ready to. Oh, we've got. You, know. you trust me. We've got to go bag. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that drive bag. Those, those are great. Huh? That's right. Uh, all right. So then, when you're on the river, uh, you've got a fisherman out there fly fishing or whatever, and you're trying to kayak down this same path or something. How, what's the? How do you uh, have good etiquette on the river when you're floating? Sure. Well, it becomes real important when you're on skinny water because when you're on skinny, skinny water, water, I like that. Skinny yeah, water. when you're on skinny water and there's one place where the current goes and you're not going to bottom out, then you know it's it's scarcity, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> scarcity makes that spot in demand. And then you got that fisherman throwing in that hole, and so. Most places, most places, you've got room you can go around, you know, and we can just be neighborly. We can wave at somebody and be out of the way and not get in their way, and you can just keep going. If it really is the skinny water, if it really is the place that you need to go through in your boat, then you need to have enough skill to control your boat. And the person coming from upstream, going toward downstream, and just passing through has got the right of way. That Mm -hmm. is the standard age-old river etiquette dating back to river navigation for commerce. Okay. So the person from and from upstream going downstream has the right of way. There is a a very real rule that the bigger boat... has got some right. some clout. Uh, if I'm on the Cumberland River, then whichever direction the General Jackson River River boat is going or that barge is going, they're going to win. I'm yeah. going to get out of their way. It's, hard, it's <laughs> harder for them to move out of the way right. than it would be for you. Yeah, that's right. But it's also true if it's another non-motorized boat. If it's another kayaker that is, you know, maybe it's a whitewater boater that is in the middle of the rapid and testing their skills against the current and learning mm-hmm. how to master their craft. Right. Um, they may be in that one spot that you that that you have to go through and. And it's up to them to get out of the way. And they know that. Yeah. They know that. They've had that training. Yep. All navigation rules that apply to motorized vessels also apply to non-motorized vessels. Okay. And real quick, since you brought that up, the boating education uh, 
classes. They can be found online, right, on tnwildlife.org. Correct. And classes and places to, if you just want to challenge and take the exam, you can find those locations as well. Yeah. And, and what I will tell folks that, that are in kayaks or canoes that are doing a lot of lake paddling, um, they're not required to have that boating education class. But okay. if they're going to be out there with a lot of motorized boats, it, it behooves them to understand the markers and buoys. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go online to the TWRA website, and in 10 minutes, you can have a, you know, a qu- quick crash course. Download that manual, yeah, and just Yeah, you can have a, a quick crash course in those markers and buoys. And, and the trick is, you've got a shallow boat. Stay out of the channel. <laughs> yeah. You know, just stay out of the way. Yeah. Uh, if you need to cross the channel, then... Pick your spot, you know, scurry along, don't dilly dally. Paddle fast. That's right. (laughs) Paddle fast, yeah. Uh, And remember, the bigger boat's going to (laughs) win. Yeah, that's important to remember. That's, uh, it could be dangerous. Um, So, two trends that you're seeing happening on whitewater and and flatwater. I know it's it's not a happy topic, but something it's worth uh, letting people know about and informing people about. And we got a few more minutes here. Let's just chat about some of these things that you're seeing happening. Yeah, now I'll tell you the, the, the statistics, what we see in the statistics in Tennessee, it was really about the class one rivers and the lakes. It's about the easy water that people take for granted because that's where we're having the majority of our incidents and fatalities that are making the, the roster of statistics, right? Mm-hmm. It's not on the hard water. Right, like I said earlier, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, the, what we see is um, the common thread among the recreational kayakers, the casual boaters, is not wearing a life jacket. And it's, it's exacerbated by cold water. It's exacerbated by going out alone. Uh, it's exacerbated by going out, particularly this time of year in the springtime when the rivers are, are so full and the water's high, mm-hmm. um, maybe moving a little faster. Um, those, those are the things we see most commonly uh, that are happening among the recreational kayakers. The story that's a little more hidden uh, and that your audience may not have heard as much about is the other side of the coin, and that's on what's happening on the whitewater side, because that doesn't show up in the statistics as readily. For one thing, we've been very lucky within our state borders and have not had a fatality in the last couple of years. Um, and I look forward to being able to say that again next year. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, rivers don't know state borders. And our boaters don't know state borders. Exactly. They're, they're boating the, Nap- the Appalachian Mountains. They're going to North Georgia. They're going to Western North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And this time last year, there was a whole string of fatalities that happened just over the state line that were really jarring to our whitewater community. Uh, very accomplished boaters with, with the right gear, with the right training, that had taken the right crew, um, that were falling susceptible to some bad accidents. Mm-hmm. And, and it really was, was jarring to people. And it's kind of making a lot of the advanced boating population take note and update their swift water rescue training and make sure that their crew has updated their swift water rescue training and that everybody's got a fresh throw rope and that their equipment's in good working order. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, nationally, there have been a couple of incidents on the whitewater side that have really kind of caught people's attention uh, that have to do with, with equipment failures. Right. So, so we're really on, you know, we're on high alert right now on that side of the family. Test that equipment for sure. Mm-hmm. And like you said, even though they have all the correct gear, life jackets and things like that, it's most of the time they'll save your life, but there's going to be times you get that knowing that training and brushing up on that is key. That's so. right. That's right. And then I sent you a link. I think we've got something you can post on this Facebook um, post yeah. that's got training across the state that's available this exactly. year. Exactly. It's in the show notes. It's uh, right there below the post. So if you go to Facebook, our Facebook and, and scroll down, you'll see it in the notes. Uh, Andrea, thank you. Oh, absolutely. I, I love coming. Thank you all for having me. It's been great information. And Betsy, as always, you've uh, 
got some great information to share and trying to get these folks educated on boating in Tennessee. And we appreciate Thanks. what you do. I appreciate you coming out with us today. Oh, happy to be here. Happy. So uh, go check out uh, American Canoe Association Tennessee Facebook, ACA Tennessee, uh, and uh, follow them and like them and check out the links they have there for training and all kinds of good stuff. And uh, keep coming back to Tennessee Wildcast and, and our, our Facebook page, T, uh, TWRS Facebook page. Watch this show. Thank you for tuning in. And don't forget, we're on iTunes as well. You can download us and listen to us in the car. So, oh, wow. Uh, it's a uh, great information for you all. So just keep coming back and keep tuning in. And we'll see you all next time on Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.